Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the round eight edition of Supercoach Edge. My name's Damon, and I am joined by the goose to my maverick in Liam. How goes thee? Yeah, well, I chomped on a lovely iced donut, I want to say, this week. Mm. Fair to say. Things could be a little bit better, but, you know, it's always nice when you have some donuts. Uh, is it, <laughs> it is tasty. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what's, uh, where, where'd you get them from? Were they, were they glazed? They were infected with uh, a virus, Ooh. apparently. Oh, yes, uh, not COVID. No, not not COVID. Apparently, I don't oh, know. Okay, just illness, just some sort of had flu. Oh, okay. Not sure. Yeah. But uh, look, I brought it on myself. I guess I was fully aware <laughs> that uh, Ridley was likely to be a laid out, uh, but I decided I just wasn't going to worry about it. Just stick my head in the sand. Uh, no, I just didn't want to compromise my trades, so didn't want to cover a donut. But you know, hasn't been That's my year in Supercoach. But uh, I guess the concept was, I guess maybe lose the battle. But hopefully, fingers crossed, win the war later on. Maybe, hopefully. I like that. See, see the difference is, Liam. See, a couple of weeks ago, cast our minds back, and you were you were very very down. But I think you've had like one of your worst weeks so far this season, and 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 due, um, I was going to say partly, but probably due more so to to the Riddler disappearing from your team due to illness, and you are up and about in comparison to a couple of weeks ago, and you you uh, actually perform worse. So. Really good. So yeah. I don't know, even though those donuts were infected with some sort of illness, which Ridley, of course, contracted, uh, mm. they must have been pretty tasty by the sounds of it because you're all up and about. Yeah, I just just don't care anymore. No, no, no. I must say, it does help. Not that, it does help. <laughs> not that far, not that far. I think not it was yet. just a case of I, I knew, because it was Friday night and I, I knew he was probably going to be laid out. I knew I was probably going to take a donut. I just had to resolve myself to it. So it's not like it was a late out on a Saturday, Sunday, and I couldn't do anything about it. I, I made the conscious choice to take the donut, um, yep. knowing that I didn't want to. We'll, we'll go into my trades later, and you, you'll probably see why. 
whilst I know you've you've had a downer, and I should, probably shouldn't be down on myself, Liam, but no, as we'll see shortly, I'm in a little bit of a disagreement with my team. Not 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 um not on the rocks um as yet, but uh, it's just there's been a couple of plays that have been really disappointing me, and I'm not too sure if you heard on the weekend, but uh, Craig McRae did mention in his postmaster presser. He actually referred to Richmond as being, you know, such a seasoned side. They are the equivalent of being, you know, married with three kids, the three kids being the flags, of course. But uh, he actually compared Collingwood against them to being more like being, you know, eight dates into a relationship. And I was thinking mm. to myself, and I don't know about you, Liam, but if I was drawing a comparison with my own super coach team, I feel more like Milhouse's dad from that episode in The Simpsons when he, you know, is divorced <laughs> from his wife and gloats to Homer about the bachelor life and being able to sleep in a race car bed. I sleep in a racing car, do you? I sleep in a big bed with my wife. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Like, (laughs) that's virtually how I feel. And I'll be like, yeah, like, look at me. I get to sleep in a race car bed. It's like, yeah, but, uh, you know, I just sleep in a big bed with my wife. It's like, just doesn't compare. But I don't know about uh, you, Liam. How, How are you feeling? Oh, it feels like if you're sleeping in a race car bed, I must be sleeping in a box outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Hopefully a cozy box at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all right. It's not yep. quite the deluxe dishwasher box. It's maybe it's a little bit smaller. Than <laughs> you're going to upgrade. got to upgrade to a fridge box. I've got to upgrade, least you're yeah, yeah. I've got to get a oh, fridge box. That's yeah. That's some fine living there. That's That'll get you going. That's some fine living there. And yep. you can upgrade to a race car bed, but it's not all it's cracked <laughs> up to be. Let me tell you. Does your, tell you. Does your race car bed have a box? Can I borrow it? <laughs> it did come in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Although my race car bed is uh, is losing its wheels. Its wheels are falling off. Oh, no. Indicative of how my season's going. But let's move on, Liam, to uh, let's look back at the uh, the weekend, how he performed in a bit more detail with the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the good, the bad, and the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams performed and the plays that stood out for both good and for bad reasons. And I don't think it'd be a shock based off that intro to know that I'm going first, obviously having taken a donut this week. Um, and I did struggle. I struggled. I had to cop that donut from Ridley as a wet laid out and obviously Hewitt missing another week. Um, I knew it was coming admittedly, um, but as I said, I wasn't going to deviate on my trade plans for one week. It is a marathon and not a sprint. Knowing that Ridley was basically going to come back in um, from his illness um, next week anyway. So I did score 2,172. Uh, my overall ranking did drop after climbing up a fair bit last week um, down to 23.852. And my trades were uh, Jason Horn francis Rochelle and Hoff. Uh, and I brought in the Halley Crypta himself. Yes. Um, <laughs> and with the C on him as well. So very, very nice yes. beginning for Crips in my side. Uh, Curtis as well and McComb or McComb um, from the Bulldogs. Now straight into my good, obviously it's Halley Crypta. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Cripps came into my side this week and straight in with the C armband, as I said. And what a start it was with a 151 just going bang. Love it. Very nice. So, yeah, I have to say, actually, it was a bit like um, some people, you know, were saying, obviously, Essendon had the late five outs 
And it was mm. kind of like, you just, you play with like this thing of like, oh, who cares? You know, no one expects anything. Yep. And I, I, I changed my, I changed my captaincy at mm. the last, last minute. And this leads into um, my bad, but uh, I, I think it was sort of a case of, I knew that my, my week wasn't going too well. So I was like, oh, well, we'll just throw the C around, see what happens, uh, threw it on Crips and it worked out because I did have it on Max Gorn just minutes before that Melbourne game started and he did score that 82 and for that reason, he finds himself in the bad column. Lucky I did take the C off him because it mm. <laughs> helped me get a little bit more of a score. Uh, but looking at his stats, his disposals were well down on recent weeks as were his hitouts. Um, and obviously now we know that he had that knee injury Hurtness, mm. niggle, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> hurtness is the, uh, yeah, the term. Yeah, the technical <laughs> term for sure. <laughs> uh, so hopefully he bounces back, but uh, we'll have to find out whether he's uh, going to play this week. Um, but sort of it does go to explain why he had that downer this week against the Saints. And onto my ugly in the same game was a Jack Steele, probably a bit harsh. Um, but I guess it just wasn't the output that I was hoping for from a primo mid Looks like a bit of an off week and he did give away four frees against and his tackles were down. Uh, I think he had four this week compared to the eight the week before. Um, so hopefully just a bit of a downer um, and he bounces back next week. But Damon, I'm going to move on hopefully very quickly. So jump in. <laughs> oh, well, looking towards next week, but um, you don't have to speak about this week again after this week. So it's in the past. It's in the past. But um, whilst I probably don't have, you know, the same sort of reason to complain after hearing what you just went through, Liam. My main gripe, apart from Hewitt, of course, missing, mm. which is what you went through as well. I absolutely cooked my captain and it's something you just referred to there. And it was a saving grace for yourself. You you, you swapped the yeah, captaincy off Gorn and put it on probably one of the best options on the weekend in Cripper. Unfortunately, so I, I had the VC on Neil um, and he didn't, he didn't score to what we expected him to, unfortunately. Um, I mean, probably conditions didn't help with it. It was pretty slippery. Um, but when he didn't deliver that 140 plus score that I was hoping, mm. I thought, well, let's back in the bloke heading into the weekend with one of the best three game averages against the opponent that they're facing. And that was gone. So he went into the weekend with an average of 132.6 in his past three against the Saints. I thought, here we go. He's going to have a massive one. But it was the complete opposite and just, it, it was shitful. And that, I kind of, I think it lost me around about 40 or 50 odd points in the end. Um, and I went from, I think I was, I was winning like over half of my leagues and I was a little bit more than that actually. And at that point, there was like some of the main leagues I was actually behind and I needed to make a, a you know, a bit of a captaincy call. Uh, it was different to my opponent. So I did that with Gorn and turns out that uh, lost the game. And for those games that, um, I was actually locked in and was looking for it, looking like I was going to have a, a guaranteed win. I actually lost those games. So, so yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the, um, I guess the, the risk didn't pay off in this, in this sense. And it always comes back to that fact, you know, a lot of people on Twitter are like, why don't you lock in the score, you know, 123 or whatever it was with, with Neil. And we've since, you know, we've, we've nudged it up narrowly over the past couple of seasons. And mm. if he had scored, you know, 130, 135, I might've reconsidered, which is so silly in retrospect because you're like, it's only an extra 10, 15 points. But yeah. you're like, when you're comparing it to other guys like Gorn with that three-game rolling average against St. Kilda, you're like, well, he's a fair chance of actually, you know, mm. eclipsing that by a fair margin. Um, so it wasn't to be, but live and learn. Um, in terms of the score, ended up scoring 2,240. 
overall ranking, thankfully only slid 181 spots to now sit 8,769th overall. And in terms of the trades, very similar to yourself, Liam. So Horn Francis out, Rochelle out, and Dixon uh, out for Cripps, Curtis, and Macomb, your hair. So, um, yeah, looking quite schmick there with those three ins. I mean, Curtis wasn't ideal, had to play him on. Well, I didn't. Well, actually, no, I did have to play have to play Curtis on field because I thought I'm going to cop a zero otherwise. I can't loop him. And it turned out that uh, McDonald played in the end as a late in for the Hawks well, and yeah. uh, could have netted a couple of extra points. But Well, that's that's the that was the issue for me as well. Had I known that, I could yeah. have swapped, McDo- played McDonald on field and had uh, old mate McCartan go back and I would have netted oh. myself an extra, what, 30 oh. points, but uh, yeah. wouldn't have been the end of the world. Would have just been no zero. C'est la vie. Uh, in terms of the good, so yes, we can't obviously overlook the big helicopter, helicopter, absolute powerhouse. And uh, I must admit, though, upon trading him in on the weekend, I did have instant flashbacks to the previous couple of seasons when I started with him, and he underdelivered. But they all melted away less than a few minutes into the game against the Crows, where he just mm. put on an absolute clinic. So very, very nice to see, and glad to have him in our sides finally, um, the big Cripmeister. Um, but I guess in the interest of being a little bit different, a big shout out to uh, a couple of guys that, and there's one guy that we've mentioned, I think you mentioned as a bit of an honorable mention a couple of weeks ago, SDK yeah. ended up scoring 82 and McCartan on return from concussion scored 94. And uh, both of these guys filled in for my team for missing plays such as Hewitt. So um, big round of applause for those two guys. Absolutely, absolutely big. Uh, in terms of the bad must admit that Gorn was uh, was lucky not to find himself in the ugly category, but I'm saving it, Liam. I'm saving it for uh, for someone Ooh. else, someone else more deserving or undeserving, whatever I way you want to look at it. But deserving of the ugly, mm, and I wholeheartedly agree. Yes, pitchforks <laughs> and and flaming whatever posts yeah. <laughs> burning at the stake, burning at the stake. You might melt. Ah, there's a bit, of a, a bit of a hint. But uh, Gorney, I must admit, he's uh, he was saved also by the fact that his recent form over the past few weeks has been mm. quite good. So he does get a bit of a reprieve. But let's go into this guy who could be burnt at the stake this week, still undecided, and it is Zach Butters. Who's the boy that can laugh at a storm cloud, turn it around into a smile for free? Who's the kid with a heart full of magic? Everyone knows it's Butters. That's me. He has officially melted into a complete puddle with a score of 52 on the weekend. So the mop is almost ready to be come out of the closet lab <laughs> to clean up the absolute mess he has made of my team in recent weeks. And he is one guy that has, has forced me into sleeping in a race car bed. Thanks to him. Yeah. So my patience is waning. Absolutely. But I... I have to say, I feel so much more comfortable without him in my side. I was so happy to put him on that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so come join me. Come join me over here in the box outside. Yes, I will. The <laughs> box outside. It sounds so appealing. Although I think if you still had butters, you'd probably be sleeping in the gutter. So now that you got rid of yeah, upgraded think, yeah. yourself to a box. Upgrade I might be able myself. to upgrade from the race car bed to an Maybe airplane bed. Bunk beds. Oh my God. Yes. You could sleep in bunk beds. Like it's Step Brothers. It's going to be so much room for activities. So much With your robots in here. So many activities. <laughs> that's a great idea. Let's do it. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I have to sleep outside. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's have a look see at our head to head, Liam. 
How is yes, it shaping up at the moment? Go through it pretty quickly. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you've got a little bit more of a lead now. After I pegged one back last week, uh, you're yes. six two. Uh, I'm obviously two six, and there is a point differential of two hundred and seventy. I almost feel as though that this week, just just to summarise it, I reckon it shouldn't count because I, I don't like beating someone that's a man down. And although I must admit, though, coming out of the game last night against the Crows. I, and like, I had no idea. And I think it was like quarter time. I messaged you and I was like, oh my God, I put the captaincy on Gorn. I've completely stuffed myself over here. And you said, oh, I've changed it off Gorn to Cripps. Yeah. And I was at half time and half time Cripps is on 80. And I'm like, I'm so dead. You're going to make up that, that, that donut and then some. So I was worried that you're actually going to beat me. So I think for that, you've, you've, you put a massive scare into me. So that should, that should uh, count as a bit of a small win for yourself. I have to be honest, when Crips was on like 80 at halftime, I was like, this is this is going well. If he yeah. keeps going, let's let's try and get him to the double ton and, and just kick ass. <laughs> Ridley, stay out every week. Double ton and, and you were riding him. Not to the moon. I was. You were Not, riding no. him past them. You were almost headed towards the sun. <laughs> Straight to the sun. Wow, it was, was uh, it was amazing. But fell hoping. a little bit short. I don't know what planet you ended up on, but um somewhere. Mercury. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> fell a little bit short. But um, anyway, let's move on to, uh, I guess, the talking points. There were a few that came out of the weekend. So let's look at them a little bit closer in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. In the week that was, we keep you up to date on all of the key talking points of the round. And there's some bigger news brewing. Number one, Supercoach Ruckman Maxi Gorn is undergoing scans after copying a couple of knocks to the knee in their clash against the Saints on the weekend. He obviously faces a trip across the Nullarbor to face an undemand Eagles, which we were all just looking at with, you know. Licking our lips? I, yeah, licking our lips, just absolutely. Hungry eyes. for that. Yes, hungry. <laughs> hungry eyes. <laughs> waiting for that matchup because... It was perfect captaincy option. Talk about Crips with a double ton. Uh, oh. I mean, triple ton. Uh, but uh, does he get wrapped in like a triple rainbow? Week? It's starting to even look like a triple <laughs> rainbow. Whoa. So oh sorry, yeah. Anyway, anyway, does, oh. does Gordon potentially miss this week? Getting wrapped up in cotton ball um, and not making the trip over to, uh, to Perth. Yep. Just make sure you got your cover ready. Just, just, just make sure that you know you're ready to swing on, uh, old mate Hayes. Um, yeah. Make sure you got the the E on him just in case. Could be a laid out. Never know. Yes, but uh, some other popular picks as well also missed through illness and injury, including Hewitt, of course, who missed his second consecutive week with a calf injury, and Jordan the Riddler Ridley missing through illness. So we'll uh, touch on some of these guys later in the episode, also. But um, we also saw some low scores from popular primos like Gorn, Steele, Dunkley, and popular trade-in options of recent weeks in Tom Stewart, Lukey Parker, and Callum Mills also underperforming. But now let's uh, fire up the trade machine and jump straight into the next segment, and that is The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week. Now, uh, first cover off the rank in the sell category, Liam, we have Nathan O'Driscoll. 
Yes, uh, obviously eligible as a defender and a midfielder. Priced at 296.1K, averaging 62 with a break-even of 55. Ideally, you probably would have moved him on last week. He's dropped a little bit in price. Um, but for many, he did obviously offer cover for the likes of Ridley and Hewitt. Um, he has dropped in price by about 7.7K, but his break-even is still relatively high. So... Um, I just yeah, keep that in mind with his recent scoring that he might not make that break even. He's not a must move on. I mean, his break even is achievable. Um, but personally, for me, I'm looking to move him on. Um, his break even of 55 is just slightly above his three round average of 53.5. So you'd probably expect that there'd be minimal cash gen from here. Um, he'd need a really big score to really kick started again. So I'm comfortable with uh moving him on and uh just upgrading him potentially. Yep, I'm very much in the same camp as well. And he probably would have uh would have seen the uh the axe on the weekend had Dixon not been a, a really strange out for West Coast despite mm. the fact that uh they had the almost inanimate carbon rod uh at full forward and in the ruck, so very strange. But um Moving on to Josh Ward as another candidate. As a midfielder, priced at 248.4K, averaging 49.7 with a break-even of 46. So he came in off uh, the back of a rest last week and managed to add an extra 11K onto his price. While his break-even of 46 is you know, still achievable, his three-round and five-round averages are above that. And uh, I think it's time to uh, you know potentially move him on um, to greener pastures. So um, hmm. just put him out to pasture. He's, uh, he's played his part and bring in a bubble boy, which we'll discuss later in the episode. Yes. Yes, I agree there. I'm still holding him, but uh, he's probably on the way out this week. Uh, next up, we've got Jason Horn Francis, obviously midfield eligible, 314.3K, averaging 70.1 with a break-even of 59. He uh, found himself on this list last week and he found himself there again. His three-round mm. average of 63 and his break-even of 59 means, yes, he might go up in price slightly, but if you're able to move him on to a primo, just do it. Not the most pressing need to trade out like some others, um, but it's just it's just time. Just just move him on. Yep, it is time. Yeah, he's um he's, he's played his part and made his cash. So um, nice, 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 easy sort of um, launch pad to, uh, to yeah. try and grab a, grab a primo at that price. So um, look into that one most definitely. Another option is uh, one I just spoke of a little minute ago, Hugh Dixon, uh, he is forward ruck eligible, 246K, averaging 59 with a break-even of 47. And uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's another bloke who remains on the list from last week. He didn't manage a call-up despite the Eagles' woes, as I mentioned before, with injury and COVID. Absolutely perplexing stuff. But on the upside, he has made everyone 140K. So I think it is time to move him on. I mean, you, you may still have him as an R3 potentially, um, if that's the case, um, you know, just trade him down to someone, uh, to another bubble boy option. Hopefully you can swing someone into R3. If you've got him up forward, much easier to, uh, to downgrade him. But either way, I think now is the time to call him. Yep, definitely. Uh, next up, we've got Jake Bowie, defender eligible for 390, sorry, 391.7K, averaging 81 and a break-even of a whopping 116. For those that did hold him, um, for all these weeks, uh, the new record holder for most consecutive wins mm. since debut. Very nice, Jake Bowie. Yeah. Uh, is He's one to get rid of now uh, on the back of that. It was a bit harsh. It's like you were just like building him right up like, 
awesome work. You've broken a record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're going to cut you from our teams. Take that. Uh, yeah, just just moving on, unfortunately. He's uh, <laughs> dropped in price after the poor score of 49. And his break-even has rocketed to 116. Upgrade him to the likes of Sicily, Dawson, Doherty. He's done his job. He's made his cash. Move him on. Now, Liam, I'm going to reserve this one for you because I just don't want, don't want to even speak his name. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, he's melting my dreams. He's melting my dreams. Who is yes. it? Everyone knows it's butter. That's me. <laughs> Mid forward eligible, 421.4K, averaging 86.8 with a break even of 105. I'm surprised he's averaging Ooh. 86.8, to be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> um, boy, oh boy. I am Ooh. glad that I've moved him on already. His in- inconsistent scoring is a major concern, I think, for owners. He's already dropped below his starting price by 22.2K and his break-even sits at 105. I think he's an intriguing super coach case because he's gone from the high scores of um, 136 and now he's got those low scores of 52. And looking at his record at Adelaide Oval, these are how his scores read this year. So he's played the five games there, 136 uh, with his first game and then he scored 58, 57, 58 and 52. That's concerning yeah. considering that is his home ground. Um, so he's <laughs> going to play concerning. at least half of his games there. Uh, his CBAs on the weekend were lower um, this week than the week before, having 44% this week uh, compared to the 69% last week. Uh, but it doesn't seem as though that increase actually translated to more points. Um, he didn't really score much better last week. No. Um, and if you've got other problems across your field, obviously – don't worry about him. You're going to have to hold him. But I, I do see merit in cutting your losses and moving on. But just keep in mind, he does face North Melbourne next week and the 105 is achievable. He's not playing at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> oh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's a tick. That's one tick. So you know, he's got that going for him. He's playing at Blundstone Arena down in Tasmania. I'm sure he's, woo. I don't know if he's got any history there. Yeah, if he's ever played there before. I must admit, I've actually never, and I, I did it purposely, never looked at his individual scores. This is the first time I've actually clicked on it, and I am appalled. If I if I clicked, I wish I clicked on this sooner, because he has scored apart from his first two weeks, 114, 136. He's then scored 58, 57, a 130. Woo! You're like, yeah, he's on the way back, baby. But then he dropped back down to 58, 89, yay! And then dipped again to 52. He is a genuine roller coaster, this bloke, but. I'm going to look on the bright side, Liam. You know what a key ingredient is for vegetable sauce? 50 grams of butter. <laughs> I'm going to add some flour. Two and a half cups of milk. 50 grams of, 50 grams of butters. And yeah, that quarter cup of plain flour. Baby, that's going to, that's going to make me some tasty vegetable sauce. And that's worth it. It's either a vegetable sauce or I keep them in my side and I get depressed. So... Yeah, I don't know. And now for our next special guest, Nigella Lawson, who is going to be here to uh, <laughs> give us the give us an update on how to make a, a lovely bechamel sauce for our lasagna. She's and she'll do it saucily as well. She'll do it in a saucy fashion, talking about Ooh. how to make a bechamel sauce. Pasta puttanesca is generally translated as pasta cooked in the whorish fashion. I'm sorry to be immodest, but I prefer my translation: slut spaghetti. Yeah, boy. Let's move on to uh, another candidate who isn't necessarily a, a must-sell in this case. It kind of hinges on whether or not he uh, he plays for this week. Back on track, George Hewitt is the man that I'm... Georgie boy that I'm referring to <laughs> as a defender midfielder. 
Priced at 536.5K, averaging 117.3 and a break-even of 88. So he's really another intriguing option mm. uh, in the trade category at the moment for this week. I mean, obviously, he's missed the second straight game with that, that calf corky. Danger, as we know, had the same injury and missed only the two weeks and made a return. But, I mean, it comes down to whether or not he actually makes a return this week. If he is out for another week, Lamb, what mm. are you going to do? What What are your thoughts? I don't know. It's a hard one. I feel like I've held him for two weeks. Therefore, I need to keep holding him mm. in one sense. Because if he's back the week after, is it worth the trade? But on the other hand, I've copped to, I've had to, you know, field a rookie for two weeks. Or in this case, last week, you know, not field anyone. Um, <laughs> because I didn't have any more cover. So it's hard. I think I'm on the trade out train if he doesn't get up. I think yep. you just have to cut your losses now. He's made 137.5K. He's an easy trade to the likes of, you know, Doherty or Sicily, um, Dawson, any of those guys. Um, Lloyd even potentially. Yeah. Um, unfortunate, but I think potentially he's just going to have to be done. But it's it's really dependent on whether he gets up on the weekend or not. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I've been trying to keep up to up to date with what the mm. happenings are for him. Uh, Voss has, has said that he will need to prove his fitness across the two main training sessions throughout the week. If he does miss one, I think my concerns will be slightly elevated. But if he misses both, especially the main session in the captain's run uh, later in the week, I fully expect him to miss another week. And I guess the other worry is he just we don't have a clear indication on the timeline of his return. So, you know, I think I'm very much like yourself as well, Liam, and I'll be in the trade camp. Unfortunately, having kept him for the last two weeks um, or I could have traded him for someone half decent, but um, yeah, we'll just wait and see uh, as it happens and take it as it comes. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a fair call. Uh, so now let's move on to something a little bit more exciting in the buy options uh, rather than these trade out options that we've had to sit on. Uh, first up, we've got from your mob, we just mentioned him, Sam Doherty, mm. defensive eligible, 562.5K, averaging 114.4 with a break-even of 122. He's the number one super coach defender right now and for very good reason with an average of 114.4, um, which wasn't really predicted by many to be, mm. you know, right back up there in the top six defenders. Uh, he's a, defend, a genuine defensive primo and he's one that you should be looking to get in as soon as possible. Uh, but with a three and five round average around the 109 mark, you can probably hold a week uh, with his break even at 122. Mm, very, very juicy option is the doc. Uh, mm. Another juicy option is Jordan Dawson as a defensive or de sorry, defender midfielder priced at 519.9K, averaging 103.4 with a break even of 75. And he comes off the back of a 134 on the weekend, but has only managed to crack the ton on three occasions this year, but he does have a reasonably high floor with his lowest score being 81 with his other scores below a hundred being 98, 99, 97 and 94. So, you know, uh, we're both big wraps of players that have a relatively high floor as we know with Jack Steele has that um, and just gives you consistency from week to week. So that's one thing I really do love about Jordan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's he's good if you haven't got the cash to get up to say say a Doherty or even this next bloke in James Sicily, um, who is determined to defender eligible, 569.9k, averaging 111.8 and a break-even of 84. He's ranked second, sorry, for defenders in the Supercoach this year and has a three and five round average of 120. I think this will be the cheapest you'll get him for a while, um, especially when you consider he has only dropped below 100 once this season. And that was for a score of 84 against Port uh, the number of rounds ago now. Yeah, it was uh, round two. Round two, actually. Yep. So he's, cool, he's got yeah. a decent decent run of hundreds across uh, the first eight games of 2022. Absolutely. Uh, very much a good option. I'm glad that I got him a few weeks ago and he's since risen mm. that 60K odd. So uh, counting my blessings right there. He's probably one of my best trading options so far for this year. Uh, but a, another option is uh, Andrew Brayshaw. Uh, obviously, a midfielder priced 570.7, averaging a 119.3 with a break even of 122. And he's another one you could potentially wait a week on, though. Uh, he does have his worst average against uh, the Suns this weekend, who he's facing uh, with a high score of 92 coming last season. But it is important to note also that his three-game round average is 105 and his five-round average is 108.4. Supercoach Gold, meanwhile, have him projected for a 98 and to decrease in price by another 10.7K. But I must admit, at you know the price that he is at the moment, 570.7K, he is very much value. Um, I think mm. when we're running through it pre-show, Liam, and we're just we're comparing, compare the pair between him and uh, like a... Uh, what was it? Uh, Mills, for example. Uh, so Mills, uh, he scored exactly seven points more than Brayshaw, yet Mills is priced at 686 and Brayshaw is 570. So, you know, it, it does show there how skewed prices can, can become via three-game rolling averages and the fact that Mills got a couple of massive scores there that have rolled across um, a couple of weeks there already and he's overinflated. So I think with Brayshaw... He's had a, a couple of um, slight downers in terms of his scores, um, peppered in between um, you know, other nice scores. So he scored a 77 against the Cats uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that has seen his price decrease. But other than that, his highest price so far this year was 622, uh, which was back in round four, um, where he started yeah, the season. Yeah, from basically like a house 50k. Fire cheaper mm. yeah but since then he's scored 132 104 that's 77 which again has again lowered his price yeah. but he bounced back on the weekend with the 134 so um i think just taking all of that uh, info into consideration he is a very juicy option and underpriced i must say now onto the the last trade-in option of uh, i guess uh, before we get onto the the bubble boys uh, and it's a intrig- it's it is an intriguing one. It's a bit of a left field option, um, not a left field, but more so a risky option. And it is Darcy Cameron, forward eligible, three hundred sixty eight point four k, averaging sixty five point one with a break even of minus eight. Uh, and looking at his average of sixty five point one and his price um, of over three hundred fifty k, and you might be asking why he why he finds himself on this list. And I sure as hell was wondering that while I wrote it down, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Since a moment of delirium. Grundy went, yeah, moment of delirium. Uh, but since Grundy went down with a PCL injury, um, Cameron has managed scores of 108 and 115 coming from, and that comes from just taking the majority of the ruck time. 
taking 62% of ruck contests in round seven and 58% in round eight. He's an interesting prospect. He's at a 52.2K discount on his starting price. Wow. But with a break-even of a minus eight, he's going to just shoot up straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, Supercoach Gold has him projected to increase by 36.3K with a score of just 73. So you'd expect he'll probably be north of 400 by this time next week. Um He's a risky option, but I mean, sometimes you've got to take those risks. Mm. Um, I don't know if I would do it personally at this stage. Yeah, I'm very much in the same boat. I, I did have a moment of delirium in our Discord <laughs> and speaking of Discord, if you aren't a member of our Discord, jump on it, uh, check out our social channels and you'll find the code there. But I did have a moment briefly of delirium where I mentioned in our discord and I was like, I am considering Darcy Cameron mm. and it was fleeting. I must admit it's still in the back of my mind and, and very, very tempted, but these are the sort of moves I'd be making later on in the year. And it's, it's the only reason why I would get him in is if I can loop his score off the bench, I wouldn't be super yeah. confident to play yeah. him on field. That's a thing. Um, <clears throat> so he could afford to do that potentially uh, given he is that low price. He could, you know, upgrade a, you know, maxed out rookie to him potentially. I know Driscoll maybe. Uh, only yeah. going to cost you an extra 60K odd thereabouts. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the one The one thing I, I like about him is the fact that Grundy's out for a fair while and he is the main, oh, really the only ruck option that they have apart mm. from, what's his name? Beg? Is it his name? Uh, Beg, yeah. 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 Well, I beg to differ, Liam. I'm not going to go for him. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think you're... I think your point that looping him in is probably the best option. Yeah. But, oh, I don't know. There's something that, that draws me to it. I think, um, I don't think it's a bad pick. If you were to make it, I don't think it's it's a terrible idea. I just think mm. it's it's a risky idea. Um, and I think, you know, it's sort of one of those moves where it's like, if you do it and it comes off, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, you know, it, it looks like a, a dumb move. But I don't think it is necessarily a dumb move. I think it's just it's just a risky option. Um, yeah. That has that has upside. That has upside. Yep. No, absolutely. But one to consider, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but let's move to on the bubble, and this is a this is a juicy part of this segment because we are discussing um, those juicy bargains, equivalent to walking into Body Franco Cotso's <laughs> store and saying, "Give me your lowest lowest price," and you'll say, "Oh, I take you to the Il Modernissimo. You must you must sit down, try it. Is that?" <laughs> And then you walk out with bloody three ensuites worth of stuff. So um, <laughs> on the bubble, we have uh, the most viable players <laughs> this week. Uh, there are a whole slew of options, but we've confined it to the three best options. And they are Morris Rioli Jr. as a mid forward, 123.9K, averaging 82 with a break even of negative 91. Uh, ordered, of course, in terms of those best break evens. Second up, we have Jack Carroll as a midfielder, priced at 123.9, averaging a 77 with a break even of negative 82. And then rounding it out, we have the, uh, I guess, the lowest priced option Cooper Hamilton as a mid forward, 102.4 with an average of 61.5 and a break even of negative 63. So we're just both going to be rolling through how we rank yeah. uh, these three players in terms of importance. Um, and who we would be targeting first and foremost. So for myself, maybe a little bit biased here, but I mean, I've got Jack Carroll uh, first 
Uh, I, I, from the top, the big knock on him is his lack of DPP status. Um, but having watched him closely as a baggers man, I am super impressed with him. Must must make mention though. Uh, it was in the the quarter. It was in the first quarter actually. He came like running off. Well, not running. He was kind of just like dragging his feet to the bench, and I'm like, he is blowing a gasket. He he looks like mm. he needs a big rest, and he didn't actually score too much at quarter time. I don't think he scored anything, did he? Zero, a donut. Um, but the one pleasing thing with him from then on, mm. he worked himself into the game and, and managed to to get a nice nice little score there. But he had a bit more opportunity as well, which was pleasing in the engine room engine room with twenty three percent this week compared to just sixty percent the week prior. He also had a hand in six score involvements, which helped boost his score. But again, the big worry though is how he will be used once Hewitt returns. As you know, he's surely going to be one of the first players to lose his CBAs to him mm. when he does. However, he did show in his debut game he can score when played more at forward, like he did in that game. So, I mean, yeah, that's sort of the weighing up the the positives and the negatives. Um, very, very close call between him and this guy here, Morris Rioli Jr. comes in second. Had a very slow start, much like Carroll with only a couple of super coach points to his name at quarter time. But he did have, pleasingly, six score involvements and three goal assists, which told the tale of his scoring, not needing to find a bulk of the ball in order to score, much like another Rioli, who we know used to uh, front up for the uh, for the Hawks. But his role, however, as a small forward is probably the most concerning for me of the lot. More so on the consistency front, because I think he's going to have those games where he scores quite well and then he'll drop back down. Yeah which is going to hurt his rate of, I guess, cash generation. Um, you know, if we have someone that's mm-hmm. scoring consistently 70s week after week, his price increase is going to be more more of an incline compared to Rioli, which is going to be very, very slight if he's up and down, which I predict him to be. So that's the one knock I have on him as well. And then rounding it out just quickly, uh, Cooper Hamilton, even though he is bottom price at 102.4 and he has scored decent enough in his first two games with a 68 and a 55, just two words, Leon Cameron. That's enough. Yeah. That's it. Don't trust him. What about yourself, Liam? Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I do have Rioli at number one, and that's based off his DPP status. Um, it's the only reason he really gets over the line over a Carol. Um, I do have him at one, but I am worried that he's going to be a bit like Roses. Um, yes. He has his comparison. job security. He has his scoring potential. But both his decent score, uh, sorry, and both his decent scores have come in resounding wins, which is another mm-hmm. concern for me. Haven't seen him in a loss. As you said, he plays that small forward role, hyper um, volatile um, for scoring. <sighs> so it is concerning. But yeah. I do have him at one purely just based off that DPP status, and it just it just opens up some some swings. I do think he's going to have. I do. I mean, like, look at Roses this week. I mean, I think at halftime he was on like negative six or something. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he came back and I think finished on eighteen. Um. But it's it's just yeah that that's something to to keep in mind. Um. Luckily though, his score on the weekend did come sans any goals, which is promising for his scoring potential. That he doesn't need to rely on goals, and as you mentioned, it's sort of based off those not not needing much of the ball to to score, which is nice. Um, but his DPP status is just get is what gets him over the line for me in number one spot. In number two, I do have Jack Carroll. And if he had that DPP status, I think I'd have him as first. Um, yeah. a, race, a decent score considering he was on zero at a quarter time. 
And the difference in your scoring from game one to game two looks to be on the back of a worse kick to handball ratio, uh, five less marks and no goals and no tackles. So should be handy enough as a cash cow, though he'll be making his way into my side. Um, I do wish we could have seen him with Hewitt in the side, though. Mm. So it's a little bit frustrating in that regard. And a third, I've got Cooper Hamilton. But can you trust him? Or more importantly, can you trust Leon Cameron, as you said, (laughs) Dan? I just... He's a decent enough option because of his low price. But I think the other two just offer more. um, And that's why he's rated third. I think his scoring potential... I know at a lower price, you don't have to score as high. But I just think he's just not going to score as well as the other two um, in particular. But he's also got that handy mid for defense uh, sorry mid forward um eligibility which which is nice as well but yes. damon let's let's move on what, let's let's get that? in the the helicopter the helicopter, get in the helicopter. Yes. come join me because i'm the captain now <laughs> look at me i'm the captain now <laughs> <laughs> In on the captain now, we scrounged through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And first up, we have Jack McRae, who faces Collingwood on Friday at 7.50 p.m. And he's averaged 119.75 over his last four against the Pies with scores of 118, 103, 110, and 148. And spoke to uh, yourself, Liam, pre, pre-show, yeah. and I, I mentioned how most most weeks I've had like the VC, either the VC or the C on McRae and he's returned dividends. And the one time that I really take it off him, which was like the weekend, <laughs> and it's uh, blew up in my face. So I may be going back to the well potentially here with a VC, but um, presents himself obviously as a really good option first up. Yes, no, I agree there. I think he's a, he's a great VC option. Uh, moving on in this next game, we've got Jaden Short against Hawthorne on Saturday at 145, who has an average of 109 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 129, 117, 126, and 64, um, which obviously drags down that average. Um, but interestingly, he does have his second highest average against the Hawks. Uh, so playing early does make him an ideal option as a VC. And just another little tidbit. Hawks yes. give the Hawks give away the third most points to designated kicking players as well. So are the stars aligning for a Jaden Short VC? Yeah, I mean that's a very good sort of uh, when we're talking about exploiting matchups. That's a yeah. good one to look at, absolutely. Mm. But next up we have Jack Steele who faces the Cats on Saturday at four thirty-five PM, and he's averaged one hundred and five point five over his last four against the Cats. With mm. scores of 116, 100 on the dot, 86 and 120. So, um, a bit of a down on the weekend, but uh, no doubt he can bounce back and present himself as an option. Yes. Uh, next game, we've got Lockie Neal against Adelaide on Saturday at 7.40 p.m. He's got an average of 115 over his last four against the Crows with scores of 147, 148, 110, and 55. It's just like the last score just drags everyone down in these. Yeah. In these. Uh, <laughs> the scores of 110 and 55 did come, uh, come from when he was still at the Dockers, so just keep that in mind. So you'd probably expect something closer to that 147, 148 mark, hopefully. Uh, on the weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, another guy to look at is Tuk Tuk Miller, the running man who faces Frio on Sunday at 1.40 p.m. And he's averaged 104 over his last four against the Dockers with scores of 127, 111, 90, and 88. 
Yeah, he's. I mean, he, he showed. Uh, you know that he can when he starts slow, he can bounce right back. So um, no fears there. So check him out. Now onto the Halley Crypta, Patrick yeah. Cripps, against GWS on Sunday at three twenty PM. Now just, I feel like. <laughs> just, I'm just waiting to say this. Uh, he's averaged 72.25 over his last four against the Giants yeah. with scores of 71, 57, 95, and 66. <laughs> Smoking Which some doobs just... when you've written him down. Like, is that a mistake, Liam? Is this, is it, we're yes. talking about the captaincy I mean, scores or the bench scores? Oh, yeah. Put it, definitely put him on the bench with no C. Uh, sorry, with no E. <laughs> No eat. Great advice there. Uh, yeah. But he has a three-round average of 142.7, uh, which is why he's been dubbed the Holly Crypta and is why he <laughs> is potentially a really good option as your C on the Sunday afternoon. Just keep in mind that GWS do like to, you know, throw a little tag around. So mm. just, just watch that. Just keep that in mind. But you never know. Well, he wears blokes like like bloody jetpacks. Remember, remember when Papley tried to uh, tried to tackle him? He ended on his uh, back, yes. and he was upside down. That's uh, it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's in a helicopter or if he's bloody got a, got his own human jetpack. He's gonna fly into the stratosphere. He's he's just next level, good old Cripper. Um, but uh, there is another option, Clary Oliver, the big sweaty pink pig, faces West Coast. You know, beat them up again on Sunday at 5.20 p.m. He's averaged 113 over his last four against the Eagles with scores of 98, 99, 115, and 140. But um, one thing also to keep in mind, despite the fact that it is just mm. West Coast, West Coast do give away the third most points to inside midfielders. Um, so another, another little tidbit, another, another juicy tidbit. Yes, that's a very interesting tidbit there, Damon. I love it. Mm. Love it, love it, love yeah. it. Um, but I've got another intriguing option and, and it's intriguing because we don't know whether he's going to play yet. And yes. that is uh, Maxi Gorn on that Sunday uh, evening in West Coast. Uh, he's got an average of 115 over his last four against the Eagles with scores of 91, 93, 144 and 132. But let's be honest, he's going to be playing against uh, just no opposition um, in that ruck role if he does play. Uh, if he does play. So just uh, keep that in mind. Just Just pencil that away. But you're gonna to have to, you know, make make the call on your own at the end of the day because uh, we don't know whether he's gonna play. The crystal ball, unfortunately, doesn't uh, predict those those sorts of things. Yes, yep. No, that is uh, that is very fair. And um, unless you buy one of the upgraded versions, uh, which mm. at the moment it's a bit of a trial phase, but um, yeah, very yeah. unreliable. But um, honorable mentions, Liam. Who have you? Uh, who have you got? Who have you come up with? Yeah, I've got uh, Josh Kelly. Um, I've got him as an honorable mention. Um, ah, this yes, week, of course. his of best course. average does come against the Blues with an average over his eight games of 118.4. Looking into his scores, they consist of 101, 124, 131, and 205 in his last four against the Blues. I've got him as an honourable mention as he's playing on a Sunday at 3.20, which makes him a very pod C option. And his 7% ownership doesn't really make him super relevant enough to include him in the main segment, I guess. Mm. No, fair just, point, fair point. I know him little, very well. Just a little, you know, sneaky C option. I was having flashbacks like that, uh, you know, that video of the dog where it's like staring at a cupcake and it's like flashbacks yep. to Nam. 
That was me. Flashbacks <laughs> to Kelly tearing us to shreds. Uh, but uh, for me, honourable mention, I have a bit of a left field one. If he plays, that is. So this is mm. kind of like you know Maxi Gorn territory here. But Oof. Tim English, and he is one I mm. throw up in terms of exploiting a matchup because yes. he faces the Pies this weekend if he does play, who concede the third most points to Rucks in the competition. And uh, I guess without Grundy, English should have a very comfy return to footy and potentially deliver bulk points. So um, just a left field one to think about potentially if you're you know prone to living dangerously. Let's play on that Friday night too. So it's a very nice mm. VC option. Very true. I love very a risky true. VC option sometimes. Be very much against the grain, wouldn't it? Because a lot of people would be mm. whacking the VC on McRae. And um, mm. imagine if McRae is a shit one and English comes out and pulverizes Collingwood. Be very mm. good. But anyway, Damon, uh, let's move on to our selections for this round. Yes. So uh, I'm going back to the well on this one with uh, potentially McRae uh, with a VC into... Uh, I don't know about the captaincy just yet. Uh, I'll probably assess based on McRae's score. Um, could be a Lockie Neal. Could even be a Took Miller against Frio. Could be a Paddy Cripps return dividends for you on the weekend, um, mm. Liam. Or it could be Clary Oliver. So it's hard for me to narrow it down just yet. But McRae, I think, is going to be a safe VC option. What about yourself? Yeah, like you, I'm not I'm not sold on any options just yet. It's probably for VC, it's between Jack McRae and Lockie Neal for me. And then for the C, it's between Patrick Cripps and Clayton Oliver. But if Max Gorn does get up, maybe I'll just uh, take take the risk there. But but we'll, we'll have to see. Yep. Very, very nice. Well, let's move on to the next segment. And it is, Liam. I got to know. Hey, I got to know. Just a bit of a fade on that one. <laughs> Your favorite segment. Yes, very much my favourite segment. And it's a returning favourite who's featuring mm. with uh, the it big is. question. And it is, it's a bit of a compare the pair uh, as well, you could probably you probably say. Mm. Because Empa, who is uh, or could be found on Twitter at Empa underscore X, he's, uh, he's thrown up a bit of a comparison between Boke at 587k versus Keys. At 584, who we both know is uh, the love child of Empire, absolutely loves Keys. But I'll throw this to still you. Still on the ton run. Yeah, exactly. Still uh, him and Neil. And Neil. Yeah. So who's going to come down to? We'll have to wait and see. And he'll keep it. He's got pretty lucky, that. if I'm honest. Uh, scaled up to 100. On oh, the really? Yeah. Ooh. Mm, I reckon M might have just. You know, just slid a you know a bit of a chucked a, a few fitty. dollars towards uh... just a few fitty, a few fitty across to him, across the CD champion data. Champion data, yeah, yeah. Scale him up, come on, it's my, it's my boy. Um, but I'll throw this to you, Liam. What's uh, what are your thoughts on these two players? Yeah, it's an intriguing question. I want to say, uh, let's just delve into the numbers a little bit. So just bear like with this. me. Boke is averaging one twenty four point six for the season and is the third-ranked mid for the season. He has a three-round average of 118 and a five-round average of 111.8. Keys, on the other hand, is averaging 117.3, so is lower average, and is the eighth-ranked midfielder for the season. He has a three-round average of 110.7 and a five-round average of 109.6. So again, both of those averages down by a few points on Boki. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but let's take a, a bit more of a look at the individual scores as well. So Boke has one score in the 150s, two scores in the 140s, one score in the 130s, two scores in the 110s, and two scores in the 80s. So he does have that range in scores, the high ceiling, but a, a bit of a lower floor, I want to say. Keys, on the other hand, has three scores in the 120s, two scores in the 110s, and three scores in the 100s, including 100 on the dot. But while Boke has that better average and that higher ceiling, he also has that lower floor, seemingly, than the Keys. That means that he's a, a bit less consistent in his scoring from week to week, and you're going to see potentially more fluctuation. You'll get those highs, but you also might get those lows. Um, I think either... Of these two options, it's kind of like a bit of a flip the coin, if I'm honest. And I think it depends on what you're playing for. If you're playing for leagues, I think Keys probably is the better option as you're more easily able to, I guess, depend on his low scores. Um, you're not having to worry that he's going to have a, a shit one and score 80. Um, but if you're focusing on overall, I think Boke, obviously, you're just looking for the highest average and Boke's got that higher average. Um, that being said, I do worry a little bit about Keys. Um, he hasn't got a ce- he hasn't really got a ceiling um, that we've seen that Boke does, and I do worry that Keys maybe potentially fades out a little bit as the season goes on. Um, potentially, I don't know. Just just a just a concern I have. I guess that covers it in terms of scoring, but in terms of trades, especially this week, um, Boke has a break even of one hundred and seven and faces North, um, and he has a very favourable average against North of one hundred and six from his sixteen games against them, and that includes a one hundred and sixty, a one hundred and forty nine, a one hundred and twenty nine, and his one hundred and eleven in his last four. Uh, Keys is uh, Keys break even, sorry, is one hundred and thirty eight, which is just marginally lower than his best score of the season. Obviously faces Brisbane. Um, he was an average of 82 against from his last two outings. It's hard to use that as a measure considering his change in role this season. So essentially based on that, if you're looking purely for this week, who you'd want to trade in, I'd be going for Boke. Um, looking to get keys a little cheaper in a few weeks if you had your heart set on both of them. Um, but yeah, I guess it really just depends on what you're playing for. I don't necessarily think they're options that I'd be considering at this stage. No, I'm very team. much the same. Yeah, I think that's the main sort of difference between the two that you need to weigh up is if you are in cash leagues and you obviously want to take out your leagues that you're in, head-to-head, um, keys weighs in more there. And then, like you said, with uh, with Boke, if you're playing for overall, you're going to have that fluctuation in scoring, but uh, higher ceiling as well. Um, so those are the two things to weigh up. But yeah, these two guys aren't really aren't factoring in at all. When I'm trying to look at uh, trading in guys that are top six, whilst they are both scoring quite well at the moment, they just don't appeal to me uh, for a multitude of reasons mm. that you've, uh, you've pointed out there. Um, but hopefully that, um, yeah, opens up the discussion a little bit more and enlightens him uh, and a few others that are tuned in and weighing up both of these guys. But let's move on, Liam, to the next segment. And it is covering off the group rankings and the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And uh, let's quickly check out the group rankings. And we've got the highest scorer for round eight, which is Declan with Barney's Best, with a score of 2,457 and a round rank of 132. So very impressive there. Mm. Then in terms of the overall highest scorer, we have Tyler. Two weeks in a row, Liam. I can see you smiling there. And for good reason. 
because it is the bloke whose team name <laughs> is Cream Pies. And his total score is 18,850. And his overall rank is 73, up from 86. And last week, it worked so well when we were pairing the uh, the highest scorer of the round <laughs> with the overall high scorer. Because last week, it was uh, Lever wanting more, and then it was Cream Pies. This week, we have Barney's Best Cream Pies. <laughs> oh, Barney's Best. Oh, Jeez, if you're after a good cream pie, look no further than Barney. He is the best man to give a good cream pie. <laughs> so if you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group of which you can join anytime and you can lol, lol along with us at these team names, the code is 142059. But Liam, <laughs> before we operate, uh, let's let's not delve any further into these, uh, into these smutty jokes. <laughs> For those people who are saying smutty, what do you mean? Just talking about cream pie? Yes, no. Yeah, they're, they're clean. They're clean. Uh, league rankings, Liam. How is it looking? Yeah, let's move on. Move on quickly. Uh, now, just a quick <laughs> update. Let's have a look. Uh, winners from this round in the Supercoach Edge Crown League for Tier 3 Patreon subscribers were Kyle with his team Northwind, Matthew with his team Orion, Arthur with his team Black on White, Bruce with his team Shuin, and Lyle from Lyle Styles. Good work, guys. Very, very nice. But uh, brings us to the end of the show, Liam. But before we do, uh, let's just roll through those social channels. Yes, on YouTube, if you want to watch and see us in a more visual manner, just search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe and you'll get to you'll see our beautiful faces as we talk about Supercoach. On Twitter, you'll see find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and on Facebook and on Instagram, just search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. Awesome. Well, uh, that's it, Liam. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm off to tuck myself into my race car bed and be a toasty little burrito. And, um... Yeah, I'm going to go outside in the, <laughs> in the rain in my cardboard box. Let's let's go out and, and buy that bunk bed. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds good. I'm sure, I'm sure Franco will give us a good deal on a bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt when you bloody... You know, if you have dibs on the top and I'm in the I'm in the bottom, <laughs> as soon as you jump in, it's just gonna collapse. And he's gonna say, No returns, no returns. It's on special for a good reason. So there we go. Terrible accent. Sorry, apologies. But <laughs> let's leave it at that. Head into the weekend with some positivity and come out the yes. other side with just high scores and climbing the ranking ladder. So uh all the best to those of you out there heading into the weekend and we'll catch you next week. Thanks guys, see you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.